When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Welcome into our live Purple Daily Friday stream here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We are now... Uh, we're all the way into training camp here, boys. We are uh, we are days into training camp. We've got full padded practice coming up for the first time on Monday, I believe. Judd, uh, Judd, how's your stamina? You've been standing up. It's been super hot the last couple of days. Hopefully, people the, are the... worried. I know. I, I've got notes, like serious notes about staying hydrated. Concern, father, a father and son, both concerned about me. I've been hydrating. Hydrating constantly. Father and son. <laughs> yeah, he's like, my son and I watch your show, and we are really concerned about you being out there in that heat. And that was very nice. Yeah, I, I will say, I was a little little worried when I saw the evening Judd from TCO yesterday. I mean, you were, you looked like you ran a marathon. Oh, you're sweating out there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, no question concerned. about it. But that's why the, the most important thing is just the continued hydration of the sports dad. Like, I've been pounding. So I, start, I told you, I started Tuesday night. I started, I went and bought 48 waters at Target, and I've been pounding them consistently. Now, the one good, the one good thing is I will say you sweat so profusely out at the practice fields (laughs) that you don't have to pee. Like, like, like you're just, are you, are you sure that you didn't just like pee a little bit? You know, no, no, I would know. Believe me at my age, I would know. No, no, no. I, I, it's, but I mean, you are just the whole time. But yeah, no, folks. I'm 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 good. I'm hydrated. I'm actually I've got the SPF 50. So as you can see from my face, I'm not really burned at all. Um, this is as careful as as I've been. Good. That's good. It's good to hear. Good to hear that you're uh, you're you're easing into this in the right way here. You're not you're not starting off with like you know a massive sunburn that's going to kind of derail you here. So. Oh. Right, this and I'm good, still good tired. Day. Don't get me wrong; it's tiring, but I mean that—that's to be expected. But you're yeah. right; like a massive sunburn, or if you like, if you didn't hi- hydrate at my age, I think you could. I think you could die. topple over at the Dude, very least. I mean, I've told you the story. I think you like, could. My first ever training camp where I was like covering the Vikings beat and out there for the two days and everything. It was also the first summer that I started shaving my head. Just like it was like 15 years ago, and I had, I think it was like mild heat stroke in the hotel room later on that day i was like oh yeah my parents i'm like 21 yeah. like, what do i do that's scary and, uh it was like heart palpitations and uh, yes. the next day you just you hydrate you get back out there but that is hey, bad let's shout out a before we get to judd's camp notes and we will lead with some jaron hall observations a lot of people curious about 
What does the Vikings' fifth-round rookie quarterback look like so far in training camp? Judd has the goods for you here, so we will start with that live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, presented by our friends at TCL, which is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. Thank you to, uh, there's a couple people that actually sent in photos of their brand new TCL TVs per the Purple Daily recommendation. So thanks for sending those over on Twitter or, or X for Xing those over. Xing, yeah. Still getting you. It it's not going to yeah. catch on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know that, I don't know that there's a turning back at this point. I think yeah. it's uh, all in, but. Uh, TCL has a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy, uh, enjoy more with TCL, inspire greatness with TCL. So, all right, Judd, let's talk about, and I should also mention too, that these, and we'll talk more about Surly later on, but these, uh, Friday live streams are powered by Surly's before I die, which, uh, if you're looking to mix in some water, but if you're looking for a, a nice light session, uh, beer, the before I die is a great place to start on these summer days. So uh, Judd, let's start with Jaron Hall observations here. Judd's camp notes. All right. So I, I was going to try and hold off on this, but I've watched two days of practice so far. And I will say this. So just as a starting point, the defense, not surprisingly, and I guess it's a good thing if you're a Vikings fan is ahead of the uh, offense. So the offense has looked in my opinion, a little ragged across the board. It's two days. No panicking, obviously. But that being said, the one guy, a quarterback, who has stood out in very limited reps is Jaron Hall. Wow. So I tweeted this last night, um, and and I think it's a good starting point, is Jaron Hall, one, he's got really nice touch. He is not, like, physically overpowering by any means, but he's got a good enough arm and good enough touch, and you can tell – just from watching him practice that a guy like Kellen Mond, for instance, his head was spinning from day one and it never really stopped. He never looked comfortable. Like I know I can't give you a practice that I thought that he looked completely like, okay, he's got, got this. He flashed on rare occasion, but there was never a consistency to it. He looks very rigid too. Very just like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and he actually probably, if you're doing arm strength, he probably beats, Jaron Hall, but like that's a that's a fraction of this thing. That's important, but that's not the whole thing. Jaron Hall, I've probably seen and and I saw him make one impressive pass uh, uh, on a deep ball down the left sideline on in the first practice on Wednesday. Yesterday, I saw him make three or four more. And what's impressive, what's impressive to me, or what is what is a good thing, especially if you're a Vikings fan, is this, and it's what I tweeted. It's amazing what a guy can look like when the people in the building know what they are looking at. And and I say that in part because in driving out to the um to the practice yesterday, I had serious NFL X, XM on and Rick Spielman's on there now all the time. And he's not bad. But mm-hmm. at one but at one point they were asking about a quarterback on oh they they were at they were talking about the Packers backup QB situation and the fact it's not great and they were talking about a kid that they had drafted not Jordan Love and Rick says yeah you know that was part of my problem if I if I could have found one or if I didn't have my struggles with finding quarterbacks I wouldn't be on the radio right now yeah. and so the Jaron Hall thing just you know again it's two days in um I've been impressed by what I've saw you know but more importantly I, I think it also speaks to the fact that 
that it makes a, a big difference when the people, especially Kevin O'Connell, in that building probably know far more about what they are watching on film from a college quarterback than the previous administration did. And I don't think it's a stretch to say exactly that. Super interesting. I, is it is it still fair to say that Nick Mullins is the backup quarterback and that's that's the plan here and that Jaron Hall is just, mm-hmm. hey, keep an eye on him at camp. He's developmental. And then they have to kind of figure out, is he is he on the roster? Would they be able to sneak him onto a practice squad? Like, is there any thought that he would be the backup quarterback if he continues to show and, and flash at training camp? Probably way too early to speculate on, on that. And keep in mind, too, the new uh, the new cutdown is basically a, a massive cutdown now. So it's not it's one like cut, right? Yeah, it's one cut. Now, they'll probably start to cut guys occasionally uh, to get it below 90 before that one cut hits. But that being said, there's plenty of time to decide. Um, at this point, yes. I mean, Nick Mullins, who who had a very up and down and somewhat down day yesterday, Nick Mullins is getting the majority of the work behind Kirk right now. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that they are definitely keeping an eye on, on, on Hall. But, you know, I, I saw a quote from uh, the OC, Wes Phillips yesterday about the fact that, you know, Jaron Hall like took his playbook home or his or his study sheets home and like just grinded them. And I think that's part of this, too. I think that's a big part, as we all know here, it's not just is the quarterback physically talented. It's the dedication and devotion. If you're not going to play a snap, it's the dedication and devotion, though, to making sure that you are the best that that you could possibly be. And I'll give O'Connell this as well. O'Connell probably has a very good chance of all of the players that he could sit down with in the pre-draft process. O'Connell probably has a very good chance of reading a quarterback correctly because he was that guy. Yeah. But yes, Phil, I I think your assessment is a thousand percent correct right now. I think Nick Mullins is the unquestioned two, but it's interesting that Jaron Hall looks like he knows what he's doing in a situation where a lot of guys, you know, fifth round pick rookie first camp, might look frazzled. Well, we kind of we know these things about Jaron Hall, at least coming into training camp. We know that he's mature. He's 25 years old. Doesn't he have a kid too? Like he has a family. He's but he's mm. he's one of the older quarterbacks in the draft. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's. Uh, I'm just checking my notes here. He's a husband and a father. So he's a okay. he's a he's a grown adult man coming in. He's not. I don't think you have to worry about Jaron Hall driving 140 miles an hour at three o'clock in the morning, like going, you know, like an hour from his house. You know, I think right. he's he's going home to be with his family to study football. So that's a good thing. He had the third highest mental cognition score of any quarterback. Take that for what it is. But I'd rather have that than a guy that scores like five on a mental cognition test. Yep. And uh, and in terms of just like some of the things he did in college, he had one of the highest accuracy rates in college last year, and he was second in college football in passer rating when given a clean pocket behind only C.J. Stroud. So now you could point to and our guy Tyler Fornis and, and Thor like they have they've had these debates on uh, on uh, the the Purple Daily on Draft Show going back a few months ago that you know if you look at his bad tape and you look at what his floor is that he can train wreck you sometimes, but I think. That's kind of where Kevin O'Connell comes in. Can we raise your floor, get rid of some of the bad mistakes, get rid of some of the panicky interceptions against pressure, maybe play with a quieter mind versus pressure? 
But there's there's some really good bones and framework here. But he is a fifth round pick, and if you look at the math of like historically quarterbacks drafted after the third fourth rounds, it's a lottery ticket chance that he becomes a starting quarterback someday. But there's yes. there's some interesting things here about Jaron Hall that are worth keeping an eye on for sure. Yes, and to go back to what we've talked about since this pick was made too, I think the thing that I like the most is just from an intriguing standpoint or thing to watch. This is O'Connell's first quarterback, first young one. So, mm-hmm. like, he's not burning a fifth-round pick and being like, oh, we'll, you know, we'll see or something like that. Like, Mon was I, – I think Mon was taken because th- there were attributes that the Vikings brass liked. But in Kellen Mon's defense, too, how much real development did, did he get? Like, how much time – did he get? I'm sure that the offensive staff did, but the head coach didn't want to draft him. No. So they were desperately trying to hang on to their jobs in the Kirk yeah. Cousins era, right? Like that's what they were trying to do. Exactly. So I think that the thing with Hall is that this is, if nothing else, if it doesn't work, it's still going to be a very interesting test case on what O'Connell can do here because this is this is his first guy. Like Kirk, he's helped a ton. But you know, that that's more of of a calculus of quarterback, right? Like he comes in and helps Kirk, but he's not he's not developing Kirk. Yeah. Jaron Hall's the first guy that O'Connell is going to have the chance to actually develop. And so as Jaron Hall progresses, that to me speaks about what O'Connell and the offensive coaching staff are doing to help him as well. Yeah. And it just helps he's a little older too, and you know, he's not coming in twenty one, twenty two where he's raw, like he's an older guy. He's in his mid twenties now. Um and I think that helps. I mean, not to say that any quarterback is a finished product at 22 or 25 years old, but he's been around the block a little bit. And I think that just kind of helps him be a little bit more elevated. The Phil's point is a little bit more mature off the field. Um, there's, there's attributes to like, and if he climbs the rankings and pushes Nick Mullins for a job, I think that is our, that I think going back when we first, when they first draft them, that was our first realistic expectation. Can he beat Nick Mullins? And then after that, okay, let's get, let's start maybe getting a little bit more excited about this. I would say the if if you're going to be out there and and training camp opens up to fans tomorrow, so they're yep. they're going to be you can get out there and and hang out at TCO Performance Center, and then Monday is the first padded practice, and then they've got I think two night practices scheduled uh, before their first preseason game. So you'll you'll get plenty of chances to see Vikings quarterbacks. I don't know how many reps Jaron Hall is going to get like in the full padded team or the night practices, but one thing to watch. And you tell me, Judd, if, if this is happening once they get to, like, the team drills. Brian Flores loves to send pressure. I'm assuming that that will be part of – I don't think they're going to, like, withhold pressure in practice. I mean, he has to implement his defense, right? So mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong here, but even in the practice sessions, you're probably going to see just sort of some exotic looks, some things to ID at the line of scrimmage if you're a quarterback, right? Is that – before I go further, is that fair? Even I think that's fair in practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I they in the actual preseason games, they won't show you much. Right. But yes, in the practices, like like he will see. And and just to be clear, he is for the most part, Hall is go- going against second and more prominently third team guys as well. So yeah. like it's not going to be the pre- It's not going to be the exact thing. So, but yes, as as far as a, a fan of practice goes, it will be intriguing to watch how, how he does in drills, especially in the joint practices. I think too. I think the Cardinals and Titans joint practices because it's it might sound weird. Teams will do a lot more there on schematics than they probably will yeah. in preseason games that are on film and that teams can potentially scout. 
Yeah, because the the thing to really watch with Jaron Hall is he really struggled when pressured at BYU. So his passer rating dropped from 131 when kept clean to 41 when pressured. Now, most quarterbacks see a drop in performance, but his was like a lot more than some of the other quarterbacks drafted. His turnover-worthy play rate? That's right. Football. Yeah. His turnover-worthy play rate rose from 1% when he was kept clean. So basically, never made turnover-worthy plays when he was kept clean to 7% when he was pressured. So how can he, even in practice, even like, you know, his second week at NFL training camp, how can he eliminate some of that stuff when, when Brian Flores is, even the second team defense is trying to, trying to rattle you. Absolutely. Absolutely. uh, Jerry chimes in here. We do have the comments popping up here. Uh, Jerry mentions like Rich Gannon. There's been some other quarterbacks in Vikings history. And now Rich Gannon is a great example of a guy that, became a great quarterback, not being highly drafted, but that was seven years after he left the Vikings, right? Maybe longer than that. Well, yeah. Raiders, and he the, became an MVP quarterback elsewhere. And I, I believe the story on Rich was that he was drafted by the Patriots who were going to move him, I think, to defensive back. And oh, he balked yeah. and said no. And and Brad Johnson, I think, was at the time in like 93, a 12th round pick or something. Like he, he was mm. t- taken in a round that doesn't exist now. But yeah, I think, you know what? I think it gives you a much better fighting chance to actually have success if you're a late round now, fifth round, but if you're a late round quarterback draft pick by a coaching staff that is coached by a quarterback, right? Yeah. Hey, before we uh, keep digging through Judd's camp notes here after that uh, good discussion about Jaron Hall, let's cheers. Cheers to a beautiful weekend in the Twin Cities. Cheers to the opening of training camp. Surly's Before I Die Pilsner. Oh, just a fantastic beer. In fact, I had a few last night. Shockingly, yes, the hydration continued after practice with some wine down before I I die. Uh, As Phil just said from our friends at Surly Brewing, a delicious beer. It's back. It's available now at your uh, favorite liquor stores or bars. And here's the thing, too. If you do go buy it, if you recall, last year, I think it was only sold in like Sixers. Now it is sold in in 12 packs as well. So Surly Brewing has expanded the Before I Die franchise as we all as we all aim to one day see that championship come to Minnesota. Thanks, Surly. Yeah, it's uh, it's an easy one to crush on a hot summer day, especially with this heat index. I got 100. I mean, that's what I plan to be doing outside on the patio. I'm not going anywhere. I plan to just sit there and drink my Before I Die. That is the weekend plans here. Maybe, maybe you'll go to 3 Jack too. Maybe you can sneak over yeah. to uh, a fantastic place in the North Loop next. May as well because, again, Heat index, like, you know, there, there's a limit to my golfing in the weather, but why would why would I do that when I can just go into the golf simulator bays, you know, that nice, cool condition, air conditioning, and I can enjoy a nice cold one. I can get those loaded nachos. I can get that chicken sandwiches. And, of course, I can still get my swings in. Go to 3Jack and 3Jack.com to stay up to date. It's Burger Week 2. There's plenty of different burger options each week. And if you bring your Twins ticket stub, they'll uh, give you a free drink on you as long as you show uh, on them, excuse me, as long as you show that Twins ticket stub as well. Go to 3Jack and 3Jack.com. Uh, go check them out in the North Loop. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, 
all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, Judley, let's keep rocking here. All right. From Jaron Hall, hold on a second here. My notes are right here on the phone. That's right. You guys are very proud of me, right? Let's let's talk about something I saw pre-practice yesterday and then in the very start in the special team session. Let's talk about punt returns. A very important part of football because if you got a punt returner that doesn't do a good job, it's sudden change time and all hell breaks loose. So... Keep in mind, too, that the punt return is still very much a part of the, this sport. Like the kickoff, they're trying. They're, they're desperately. They, they should just ditch it. I mean, they, they're doing everything in their, their power. But the punt return, very much a part of, of this sport. So returning punts in the special teams portion of practice yesterday, not surprising, Jalen Rager, who returned punts and actually did I think a decent job until if you guys recall, he did muff one in the playoff game, which is what he also did for Philadelphia against Tampa Bay twice in that playoff game. But Jalen Thayer, Thomas KJ Osborne, Brandon Powell, who comes from the Rams and is an O'Connell guy from the Rams, a receiver as well. uh, And Brandon Powell averaged 7.4 yards on 24 punt returns last season. So if he makes the team, Rager probably does not, and Powell probably returns punts, but that's not the headline here. I buried the lead on purpose. The headline is this. The last guy working on punt returns, the very fast, the very shifty Jordan Addison. Really? Who who has returned punts. So he returned two punts in 2020 and 12 in 2021 at Pitt and then was on punt returns four times last season at USC. Make of that what you will, but I found that to be very interesting because this kid, I mean, this kid's got speed for days. And, we know that. Uh, yes, yes, he's got speed in the Lambo. He's got speed via the, you know what? He should drive, he he should take the floor out of the car and go Flintstones because his feet are so <laughs> fast. He could go Fred Flintstone and drive yeah, that thing once. Hey. It was so, Vin, Diesel, Vin Diesel said, "Winning is winning." Okay, no, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. All right, if he's returning, I want to see the Lambo. Winning is winning. Going one twenty, and when the cop stops him, he's got a break with his <laughs> with his feet. Um, but I thought that was a very interesting um, sight that Jordan Addison, at least early, is incorporated in working on punt returns. Well, that would that would be one way because you look at the wide receiver crunch, right? Like in a perfect world. You wouldn't need an extra body who's just a punt returner. That's kind of what Jalen Rager is to me now. Dude's been in the league for what, is, is his fourth year, right? And mm-hmm. he can't be trusted to be in the rotation as a regular receiver. You know, yes. mul- multiple teams, including the Vikings last year, have now kind of determined, yeah, he might catch a pass once in a while, but he's not a guy that can go in there, hey, man, you're going to be the number two, number three receiver today, and we're going to target you nine times. That's not who Jalen Rager is. 
Yes. So if you're if you're looking for ways to, you know, keep an extra lineman on the roster or whatever, you know, if you can get double usage out of Jordan Addison, that would be interesting. Now, so so Brandon Powell is the other experienced veteran returner that you just mentioned. He's returned uh, 49 punts in his career and 57 kicks. So, mm-hmm. but I don't know that he's going to be. No, I guess last year with the Rams, he did catch 24 passes for for only 156 yards. He literally averaged six and a half yards per reception. So I don't know exactly how they were using him, but not the most explosive guy in the passing game. So very interesting. And and, and uh, Jalen Naylor is not in the mix as a punt returner, but you probably want him on the roster as a pass catcher. So when you start to do the math on like how many wide receivers are you taking, the ability to return punts is almost certainly going to be the separator, right? Yes. And just a quick note, don't know why O'Connell's not scheduled to talk to us again until Saturday. Jalen Naylor did not practice. After having a very uh, impressive day on day one, didn't practice yesterday. So not sure about that. But um, because, I mean, I I think he's got an excellent chance to play. If there's injuries, well, heck, if if Jordan Addison disappoints, I think he's got a chance to play. But as far as practice uh, on Thursday, Jalen Naylor did not take part. Okay. All right, let's keep digging here. Keep digging. Are these handwritten notes now, or are you back to the digital? The digital, it, like in OTA's minicams, you were doing like phone, digi- phone digital notes. Digital notes, yeah. So okay. here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. I am, uh, I am doing, because... It, the glare is so bad, it's hard to take notes really well on my phone because I can't mm. see. Yeah, so I'm I'm jotting them down in my, I'll just show you, reporter's notebook. Okay. There, there's some formation. So, the, so you're using the notebook on the field, and then and you're then, translating and the notes And then I go digitally. home, and I translate the notes so okay. that I've got them, I've got them set to go. Like a little Pat Mahomes from quarterback. Yeah, it's a, there. yeah, it is Pat Mahomes. Well, you, it's football season. You gotta, no matter what your role is, you've got to play it to your best. And my role is to give the people what they want. Do you do you feel like? And I always felt this way. You know, the rare times I would actually pay attention in college classes. Do you feel like when you do the handwritten notes and then translate them to digital, like Patrick Mahomes says, that it helps you? Now you really know who those punt returners are because you've sort of written it does it down help. Yeah, twice. no, that's yeah. that's a thousand percent true. Yes. In all seriousness, not BSing, yes, it really helps a lot. Yeah, I like the Kirk method of listening back. Listening back oh. to your, to your that's what I did. I did that in college all the time. I would record myself and then I would listen to it walk into class. You know, it somewhat helped. I passed. I I, I see's getting I, I can see Judd in his car on the way home from camp listening to himself <laughs> through a recorder. Judd here. Here are the punt returners from today. Yeah. No, no, no. Jalen no, Rager, no. Brandon Powell, no. Jordan Addison. God, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Okay, so uh, let's continue down the path of uh, Camp Highlights Day 2 from TCO Performance Center. Um, This is one sort of off the beaten path because it took place before practice. Actually, it was during the special teams session. But so, like, we can wander around a bit, like, on the periphery. And and TCO, unlike Winter Park, is obviously huge. So there is there is um, a near field to where the players could come out. Then there is a far field w- where they do a bunch of work as well. And they were doing the punt return work on the far field. So I went out there. And because he does not take part in special teams drills, 
I saw it, and I actually put this on my uh, Twitter account or my X account. There you go. God. Do we have George, to say that now? I don't know. I, I just think it's he funny now. He changed the logo on the I site. I know. You got the X. He's got the X. Um, okay. There was a lengthy, a lengthy, and again, I, I did put uh, part of this on my account, but a uh, conversation between Kevin O'Connell and Justin Jefferson, and it appeared to be on running specific routes, specific strategies. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting to see that. I, I guess I will, to give this guy a fair shake, I guess I will liken it a little bit to this one. In Zim's first camp, before it all went sideways, and when we still love Zim, Phil and I especially saw Zimmer work with Xavier Rhodes, who is certainly not the player that Jefferson is right now, but, you know, was a developing player and clearly became a Pro Bowl player for a, for a brief stint. And, you know, Zimmer was smart enough as a defensive guy to get in the back pocket of a guy that he knew could make or break him. And, and it actually worked for quite some time. Yeah. Well, I just found it, I find it interesting that the head coach and a former quarterback himself is spending significant time one-on-one with, I mean, with full instruction, with gesticulations and hand gestures and feet yeah, movement. Yeah, video, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just, I, I think it's a really intriguing training camp, the type of thing we don't we don't get access to much. Um, behind the scenes look at how how um, how things are made, how things, you know, it's not just Justin Jefferson, you know, is beyond a great player. That's not the point. The point is the individual instruction and trying to just um, uh, dot the I's and cross the T's of football, right? Oh, yeah. So I found that to be really intriguing. Yeah, that, so you sent out, that was you that sent that video out, right? Yes. All yep. right, I want to give you Son. videographer Judd proper credit. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was and Jefferson was taking the coaching, and I don't know if oh yeah, we obviously don't know if it was like a general sort of technique thing or if it was, hey, you know this this new set that we're gonna run or whatever. This is the type of thing we needed to do, but uh, it is cool to see a guy who is widely regarded as the best wide receiver in the NFL, one of the best non quarterbacks in the NFL off to the side in front of the media too, right? Like you could get it. There's some players that might get insecure about that. Like you're, you know, you're, I don't need to be coached in front of, you know, people in media, but, but um, he just see God every step of the way. And I don't want to jinx it. He just seems like a good kid or a good mm-hmm. kid. I sound like an old man, a good yeah, guy, yeah. you know, just, he seems likable, coachable, Super obviously professional. Ob- yeah, obsessed professionally with his craft. It's yep. And and this didn't, but this also didn't look like, it didn't look like a coach, like lecturing, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I think there was give and take here and it was a long discussion and it was, I, I just like, this is the upper echelon there, right? Like this is one of the, without a debate now, one of the best receivers in the entire league and to see him being coached like that. And, and I think he was talking as well. So like there was. In, in exchange here, so it wasn't like you're doing this wrong. It was more like here's how we're going to craft this. Yeah, they were I, coll- they were collaborating. Just collaborating, yeah. I just think that's one yeah. of the really interesting things this time of year that has the potential to put you on a path to success. Yeah, because it's it's good to see like just small things that again ordinarily be, because you know practices are closed once training camp is done. Aside from stretching, 
that we don't get to see. Yep. Yeah, the Mike Zimmer Xavier Rhodes thing is a great example. You know, people, you know, Mike Zimmer kind of went off the rails the last couple of years, but there was a time, especially early in his career as coach, where he had the full ear of everyone in that locker room, especially the defensive players. And training camp was where he did this nuanced teaching of young players. Hey, Xavier, yes. you're, you have a chance to be really. Now, I think at that time, I think Xavier had only been in the league for a year, right? Didn't I think you're right. Yes. regime, they drafted him. Yep. And then, so Zimmer was really getting a hold of a guy that now Jefferson is established by now. Right. So they're in, they're in slightly different places, but. But yeah, like the the defensive coach working with the leader of the defense, the best player on the defense, and then the offensive coach working on the the game changing superstar, uh, definitely fun things to watch at camp. Yeah, and I, I think from a coaching standpoint too, and I'm sure Jefferson th- thinks this as well a little bit, but I think more so from O'Connell's coaching staff standpoint, do you think of it this way as well? Like you're looking at a guy coming off a phenomenal year, right? Like this phenomenal player. And if you just left it alone, status quo, it's probably still going to to be good. But I don't think a guy like O'Connell and Justin Jefferson are satisfied. Yeah. So, so like, how do you how do you better what was already great? And like, that's that's sort of the key thing. Like, how do you continue to ascend here when just from the word go, you were fantastic? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Should we keep digging here? Is there more in this notebook? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. There's more. Oh, oh. Okay. There's oh, there's more. Oh, there's okay. there's more. We're gonna talk. We're gonna get in some meat and potatoes. Let me here talk to you. <laughs> Please play the football sounder for me. Yeah. Call, call, Judd's calling for football. Calling, calling audibles. I'm calling for it because in one of the drills yesterday. I actually was watching it behind the defensive sideline. So like the guys that are employing packages on and off. And I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, we have not only a nickel, we got a big nickel. Oh, I got the big wow. nickel. Wow. I got the big nickel. Football. Wow. Football. Football. Yeah. Football. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Okay. Who was in the big nickel? Okay, so this is this harkens back to if you uh, were watching us in the spring in the OTAs mini camps. I was talking about Flores' creativity and how he's going to do things differently. And I mean, this is just a different world here defensively. The back end, so not the the, the this was a drill where they didn't employ the defensive linemen. Okay, but the big nickel is dependent on who's in the back end. It is. Ryan Asamoah. Hold on. I want to write this down. Yeah. I want I want to have this is the first big nickel spotting of training camp here. Hold on. Yep. It's like seeing a special like thing in the like a bird in the wildlife. <laughs> it's like the first spotting of the big nickel. And there they the, are, the, the, the big nickel Ryan Asamoah. Spotted at TCO Performance <laughs> Center. 33. Number 33. Josh McTellis making his way onto the practice oh. field. All right, All so right. Brian Asamoah, okay. Jordan Hicks, Jordan other linebackers. Hicks, okay, yeah, okay. Got to get that veteran out there. Okay. Cam, the safeties, Cam Bynum, okay, and Harrison Smith, okay. Oh wow. The the corners on the on the outside, I guess in this case. Al- although I think they'll switch them around, so there will be some razzle dazzle. A Caleb Evans and Byron okay. Murphy Jr. And then, starring as the big nickel, not the beaver, no, Josh Metellus. 
Yeah. So he is he is so, the big nickel. He is this is like a, this is like an ABC game show or something. Yes. This fall on ABC, the big yes. nickel. The big nickel. Do you want is your it life a linebacker? Line? Is it a safety? Is it a cornerback? You decide on the big nickel. Eight seven central. So Josh so Patellis. Yes. yes, Patellis. So where when they're when they're running were they running actual like was it just like kind of walk through stuff or were they were they running actual plays with the big nickel? It was nine on seven. So yes, okay, actual plays. Okay. So where was uh, where was Josh Metellus lurking during? Well, this? was he lurking thing. up near the line? Was he kind of like back? Yeah, no. Would, he, would he be? Would he be? So, okay, so he'd be ID'd by so the I, offensive line as so a threat or something. I actually, I think the way that this is going to play out from just a um, from the a starting standpoint is this: I think I think Byron Murphy Jr. in the big nickel stays outside. And Metellus goes to where where the the ordinarily the nickel corner would, okay. but he's more of a hybrid linebacker then as well. So then, uh, so up front you then have, well, in theory, like if Daniel Hunter was playing, you'd have your two edges, right? You'd have Davenport, and then you'd have Daniel. Yep. And then you'd have two uh, more interior defensive linemen. Yep. Would Daniel then had was there an edge rusher with a hand in the dirt? Or did you only the, have two down linemen with the two edge rushers? They didn't show the look. They showed the back end, but it was, again, seven. Right, it's nine on seven on nine. Yeah, so That's it's right. nine on seven, so you don't get the n- entire look. But I think that'll be totally dependent on on the call. So, like, I don't think we're going to see consistency, which is a, a very good thing. Um, I think what we're going to see is different formations. And they also are – their guilt, their goal is to keep offenses confused. Um I swear to God yesterday, and I was behind the play in the end zone trying to write down the defensive formation. I swear I saw one that had uh, one formation. And don't hold me to do this completely because I was trying to look as quick as I could. Two down linemen instead of three. Yeah. So, like, they're going to have – but that indicates to me that they're just going to use a lot of different – formations but yes josh metellus is going to be starring and i think it's i think it's his job to lose like i i don't think they're going to rotate different guys through there i think josh metellus has been they have essentially decided he is our big nickel interesting oh my gosh Football. this is this be so much fun so much fun to watch this this new defense um all right let's keep let's do another couple nuggets here from your okay no. so the nickel right now so don't be confused Big nickel, nickel, yep. is Byron Murphy Jr. inside a Caleb Evans at the left corner or right? He he's he's switching around now too. This is something else. They were playing different guys at the left and right, or no, same guy, um, switching them different spots from Wednesday to Thursday. So, but the inside guy in the normal nickel package, Byron Murphy Jr. Joan Williams and a Caleb Evans, the outside guys, and Andrew Booth right now, no question in my mind, second team. And again, I don't know that could that one could change for sure. Yeah. Um, but the the fact is that your your backup corners right now, second team guys, are uh, Blackman and Booth Jr. Okay. And then Williams. So when we go to regular nickel. He Williams comes in, comes in Metellus instead of Metellus. Got it. Metellus okay. is out. Exactly right. But I think we will, you know, the big 
nickel package has been employed by teams for a long time. But I want to say that the Vikings haven't really used it incredibly consistently. I think we're going to see it more now uh, based on formations. Something else to note here, too. I know that we're focusing on, like, Josh Metellus coming in as the big nickel, but Cam Bynum played cornerback in college. So you, could, I, I'm just, you know, you're the one at practice right now. Um, but could you see a scenario where Cam Bynum is more the big nickel and Metellus is playing the other safety spot when that formation's on the field? They could certainly do that. I will say this, though. If I'm going to have one of those guys up on the line, it's going to be Metellus or closer. Um, Bynum's not a very big guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you want if you want a guy to, to be a hybrid linebacker type of guy, Metellus is your choice. Um, the interesting thing, though, is I have seen, and I fully expect that this w- will be used very consistently, um, Harrison Smith is not just going to be a deep, Safety, which I think, you know, PFF basically confirmed what we thought, which he was a lot last year. He picked year. off a pass yesterday, by the way. Yeah. At one point. Yes, he did off of uh, Nick Mullins, which he then got up and would have taken to the house, if I may oh, say man. so myself. Oh, wow. Nick Mullins. Wow. Anyway, um, Harrison Smith is definitely going to come up to the line more. I think Bynum more often than not is probably going to be the safety net. And, like, in the big nickel, Metellus will almost look more like a linebacker. And if there's a guy that they're going to use to try and confuse things, Smith's that that guy. And he should be. It's it's ridiculous that they didn't – that Donatel didn't do more with Harrison Smith last season. The meat and potatoes. Oh, All right, give us uh, – because we got other things we have to record today here. So give us, like, one more – and we can – you know, there's – we're going to be – you and I for sure are going to convene on Sunday to do a recap of – of uh, the Saturday, the first time the fans can be in attendance. So we've got we've got more content yep. coming at you this weekend. But give us give us one more good nugget here. So I'm going to give you a one that I actually can't answer, but it's definitely uh, what sports dad keeping his eye on. Hey, what sports dad watching? Yeah. So I'm going to give you one of those. It's the running back position behind Alexander Madison. Wong was still getting run there. I, I think this job, mm. I think you guys, I think this job <laughs> is wide open. And mm. and I'm not even dismissing that McBride is going to get a chance as well. But I think the notion, and, you know, a lot of us, in, including myself, I think, assume this, that Ty Chandler was going to end up being the two. I'm not so sure now. There's nothing I've seen from the off-season practices and now two days of training camp that, like, lead me to believe Ty Chandler's the guy behind Madison. So I, I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. And if you're going out to training camp on Saturday, watch that too. I think there is a real competition. And what makes that intriguing is we don't know what the plan is yet. Like, is Madison going to be the guy like Cook was, which I don't think so. I think he'll start for sure. And I think he'll get a lot of reps and carries. But, you know, if they go to more of a little bit more of a rotation, which I would not say they had in any way, shape, or form in 2020-22, uh, you guys. Yeah. Um, I think it's really going to be interesting to keep an eye on the backup running back competition throughout training camp because I don't believe a decision has even been close to being made there. When you say Wong was getting run with the first-team offense? Um, yeah, I, I mean, they're all they're all incorporated in behind. There, there's nobody. There's nobody behind... Madison, who's the clear two? 
Okay. So what I'm saying is I thought Ty Chandler would be at a point starting in the springtime where he would get the work. Um, he really hasn't. He's gotten work, but so is Wang Wu. So has McBride. And again, I, I think it's intriguing too. What's the plan here? Like, are we all assuming that it's going to turn into a rotation and it's really not? Um, are they going to say, you know, Cook carried the ball too much or we relied on one guy too much? which they certainly could. The running back position, which for the first time, you guys, in how long doesn't have like a Pro Bowl guy returning or or a bell cow guy returning, the running back position to me is a really, the backup stuff is a really intriguing watch in training camp. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I mean, barring an injury, Madison seems like he's going to get the bulk of the carries to start, but a lot of opportunity here. And I don't know, do, do they keep four on the rod? It's another thing, like, could one of these guys be on the chopping block at some point when you start to do math on receivers? Well, would you try to get McBride through to the practice squad? See, here's here's the thing that's going to be intriguing about this. The cutdown, and I, I was talking to someone about this on Thursday. The cutdown now, which essentially for you know lots of teams is going to just be massive. Are they going to have time to fish through the wire and try mm-hmm. and pick up guys? when they probably have guys that they want to sign to their own practice squad Mm -hmm. that they have. So like, if you cut McBride, is that like, well, he's gone now. Or is that like, Oh my God, the, the, the waiver wire is filled with nothing, but all of these young players. Yeah. We'll keep ours. You keep yours. Yeah. And so like, I think you could get a guy like that through. No, that's a, this is the first time they've done this. Usually you get like some waves to think about, you know, but oftentimes if it's the first round of cuts, those guys aren't going to be on a practice squad. So right. you might still be able to kind of sift through before the cuts. You can kind of project, but great stuff, man. Judd's Camp Notes, also presented by our friends at Finch Home Solutions, too. When that Finch van shows up to your house, you are in yeah, good up, hands. Yes, That's right. That's right, because... Cody Finch and his and his team sound like Gallahorn. Why don't we sound the like Gallahorn every time we show this? Because Finch Home Solutions, all about, all about solutions. You know what Sports Dad does? Thank you. Just keep, oh, keep sound it going. Cody more. loves it. Cody loves it. Um, Finch Home Solutions is like Sports Dad is at practice. They come in, they look, Sweaty, they observe. Field no, 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 they, oh, no, no, they, not t- that. Okay. they give you what you need to know. They tell you what you need. So if you have, I don't know, if you want to add an outlet, something small, Finch is the people to call or contact. If you need your house rewired, Finch is going to do that. And they're going to, to do a fantastic job. No job too small, no job too big. In fact, telling you right now sports dad allowed them into his house they came to my house they did a fantastic job they were courteous they were fast they were efficient they were in and out and we talked some vikings too so finch home solutions for any electrical problems in your home or electronics that need to be fixed 612-357-2604 finchhomesolutions.com finchhomesolutions.com check out their website and of course tell them that the guys from Purple Daily told you that Finch is the ultimate professionals. Awesome. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us here live on a Friday. And thank you for just helping us build this Purple Daily YouTube channel, the podcast feed. Uh, we are, we're getting close to 40,000 YouTube subscribers. We're just a couple thousand away. So spread the word to your friends. If you have friends and Vikings fans and your friend group family that uh, haven't jumped on board, this is the place to be for 
daily Vikings training camp discussion. Obviously, we're already making plans for what our season content schedule is going to look like. Uh, Vikings vent line after game. So we're pumped for another season. We appreciate you guys helping us build this awesome community. And uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow on Purple Daily. Actually, we have another episode coming out today, too. Two episodes today Mm. on this Friday. Mm. See you guys.